Welcome back to the Whispers from the Shadow podcast. I'm Super Jimmy. I'm this pleasure. And we're going to be doing fan theories today. I almost forgot already, even though we're fucking just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we got a 12 plus. We picked them out from Ranker because they're the only one that allowed us to disable our ad blocker that or that didn't make us disable our ad blocker. Disable it, yeah, they didn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you got ad blocker on. Do you want to turn it off? No, fuck it. But <laughs> as always, let us know if you have any favorite fan theories or some theories of your own. We love to hear them all. And then let us know yeah. if you want us to cover that and cover yours in another video. Yeah, theory crafting and is like such a weird process to me because like you actually have to put in so much thought of like every little detail of a fucking film. Mm-hmm. And like some people pull it out of like the most obscene areas, but other times it's like that's a very nice similarity that you were able to connect this one to that one, which is what we're yeah. going to be talking about in this. And another thing that I like about honest, honest to goodness fan theories is that some of them actually like hit a spot in the movie that you're like, you know what? They're onto something here. And a few of them, you're just like, wow. you're reaching for straws there. <laughs> oh yeah. My question to you is, is you want to go from the bottom up or do you want to go from the top down? Either way, I'm down with either. Okay. We'll just go top down. Then that's that. Keep it simple. First one I see that I actually, I actually kind of like, I, I got to say, I actually kind of like this one. I read it a few times is the event horizon and hellraiser take place in the same universe. I like then, that theory too. And then the uh, synopsis says event horizon follows a group of space explorers who take Dr. William Weir. Did I say that right? I always forget his last name. Weir. Weir. Dr. William Weir back to his spaceship, the event horizon, so he can retrieve his experiment. The plan seems simple enough upon until Weir reveals that his experiment is a machine that opens a portal to hell to a hell dimension full of chains and nails that are reminiscent of the Hellraiser film. This is from a Redditor user Steve Rudzinski. I hope I said that right. And he believes that the similarities or they believe that the similarities are more than just coincidence and that the two stories take place in the same universe. The theory is that you don't need the laminate configuration to reach the Cenobites as long as you have something that can open the door when Weir becomes a demon slash Cenobite at the end of Event Horizon. Spoiler alert for a 30 year old movie. 96, 98, I want to say. Maybe 99. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I know. It's really, really icky saying that. It is. And his transformation resembles the Cenobites from the Hellraiser comic comic book series. I like this. That I would say that I will agree on when it comes to the comic series. It's very reminiscent. Event Horizon is one of my all time favorite movies. I absolutely love that movie. And I fucking I I think the only part about that movie for me that I hated was that it wasn't long enough. (laughs) But it's still a pretty long movie. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, given the given the context context of the movie itself it was pretty short but yeah i could see i could see oh god what's the actor's name sam neill or yeah sam neill thank you i like sam sam neill at the end of that movie was just like he almost looked like the doctor off of the fourth hellraiser was it I haven't seen past three in fucking forever. I always marathon one and three. Oh, those are so good. I love one, two, and three. Sorry, one, two, and three. I'm going to Google it real quick. But yeah, I could I could see how this would work out because, I mean... Well, I mean, they're both kind of reminiscent of like going to hell or another dimension yeah. because the laminate box takes you into the Cenobites, you know area and the yeah. second one touches more the second movie touch place more inside the laminate configuration where you actually see like how the world is 
And then you really don't see too much of hell in Event Horizon, except for the playback footage of everybody slaughtering each other, cannibalizing, sacrificing, speaking in Latin and everything. That's like the only bit you see. And then you just see the ship as it's being possessed itself, fucking everybody over too. Yeah. Uh, really going after their psyche, actual possession, so on and so forth. <laughs> so it's very remnant of like Hellraiser of how it yeah. is. Yeah. I'd... Oh, it's Hellraiser 2. Hellbound. Yeah, Hellraiser 2, Hellbound. Yeah, Doctor in 4, I don't really remember. I remember in 2, because he's the one yeah. that becomes a and reverts them back to human, then kills them. Yeah. Yeah, because Neil, the actor Neil, looked like the Doctor from 2. I could see it. I mean... Kinda, kinda. He just didn't have the big tendril coming out of his back. Was it the back of his head or was it his back? I can never. It was remember. like on the top. It was almost like the top. Oh yeah. So it was. I could, I could see that. And then goofy by today's standards. Now when you look at that design, but it's mm-hmm. still like really, really fun to me. I like it. I like the fact that it was practical. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you know some just some animatronic that looked goofy. It was, it was him being held up by you know animatronics, and then the makeup just made. It look good yeah no that's fair but the, the seeing those two links together would be very very easy and i really do like how they yeah piece it together i don't and what was i gonna say and i i don't think that there was any impractical effects like any any animatronic like hardly any animatronics used in event horizon i think everything was basically like makeup for the most it part. was a lot of makeup yeah no it was a lot of makeup i was trying to like listen to what you were saying i was like a lot of it is makeup there is a few animatronics sections uh but not too much yeah am i coming in quiet for you no you're fine no okay. no no. it was just on, on my end my headphone like tweaked a weird bit so i was thrown off oh. sorry no you're fine but yeah i think i honestly i think that i could see why that one's number one because it's uh voted uh, with 100 or 1188 votes and i honestly i could i, could I, see. I would like to see where more of their connection <clears throat> other than what they pointed out i want to see more of like their connecting pieces to make it like yeah. more cohesive yeah something something that i can say about both the films is that neither one of them rely on like that on that like basic like satanic symbolism with like the stuff drawn on the walls or anything crazy like that it's more of a visual I was going to say it's a visual piece of it, but like it still has those aspects of like satanic ritualistic properties, but mm-hmm. it's not like satanic specifically, like where you have yeah. to sacrifice all this stuff. And it's just pretty much like you solve this, you're fucked now. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't know what to really tell you. Like, I had, I had, I had my, my only question about Event Horizon is like, what one, what I, I, because I don't know if it was covered in the film or not, and my memory shot on that, but my question was like, what? What was the, the 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 great doctor's idea to be like? Hey, you know what? I'm gonna open a portal to hell. You know, like when does that ever well, seem like a good that idea? That was the thing. It, it's a portable black hole machine, but when it triggered by oh. itself, that's where it was like, well, how did it come back? It's been gone for forgot like seven years or some shit. And then so like it was very very confusing for them, like how and why did it come back? What's going on with this? So that's why they went to go investigate. That makes sense. That makes sense. And then the other thing was was it the ship did when how to word this because uh, i got I, like the, it's the question was sounded good in my head but i'm gonna uh, it's gonna sound dumb if i say it that way when the ship went through the hell portal did the ship itself become possessed or was it because of dr That's, weir it's the ship itself is possessed not specifically because of him but that's why he uh, even says when he becomes like project or a th- entity of the ship 
he seemed like she has so much to show us. Like he, he like it's uh, seen things, and the ship itself is now like a yeah. And since oh god, what's his name? That's not Lawrence Fishburne, is it? Yeah, it is. It is Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, since he's in it, could uh, like couldn't they also kind of weave in the Matrix into that too? Because like there's a fan theory that everything that Lawrence Fishburne is in is part of the Matrix for somehow, some way. After like I think it was ninety nine. I could see it, can't see it, kind of thing. I don't know. That one would be a little bit of a stretch, but that's just to me. Yeah, that one's that one's kind of a shot in the dark for me. I was like, because like it's never really shown if he survives all the way back home and everything like that. So you never know. Because uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, that movie kind of ended on a cliffhanger. Kind of. It's like, not really a cliffhanger. It's just that the whole ship blows up. He's like on the pod, I do believe, and then it's like that's the rest of the movie. Like you don't know if he like actually makes it home. It's sort of like how the thing. You never know. It's like, mm. are they going to survive or are they not? It's just one of those like, it's up to you to put the story together, see what happens. It's up in the air. You just gotta kind of grab it, I guess. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's a good, that's a good theory. I like that one. Let's see. This one is Freddy from A Nightmare on Elm Street. What else? You know, like what other, what other horror icon is named Freddy? Give me time. I, I probably would think of it. <laughs> I, I can't think of any. Uh, Freddy, Freddy from A Nightmare on Elm Street steals children's dreams to gain powder. Power. Almost a powder. He needs that baby. <laughs> powder he comes he comes out like for my sports fans he comes out like lebron back in the early 2010s <laughs> yeah let's see it's a little unclear why elm street's freddy krueger continues to torment local children without rest he's going he yes he's getting back at the people who burned him alive after he, he took advantage of a bunch of children but surely he could he should have found uh, satisfaction long before the final nightmare what if there's something else going on redditor yeah i had to make sure i was reading that right soft redditor user soft hand sam believes that kruger collects the dreams of teens he slays to expand his supernatural powers the user notes that the original film freddy is freddy is significantly less powerful than he appears to be in later movies the redditor thinks that the one that the thinks the redditor thinks that one could logically assume that many of freddy's more outlandish abilities such as walking on the ceiling in the first movie or shape-shifting a whole bunch in the third are actually dream powers he stole from kids whose soul he can he consumed you can you can dive deeper. Oh, never mind. That's it. I no I can and can't see this being a thing because I think. Excuse me. I think it was him collecting their souls more than anything because he doesn't really the the whole dream aspect of it isn't really covered until Dream Warriors. Well, it's it's more covered in Dream Warriors and Dream Child and Dream Master, but it's still the fact of like he was not really killing them for power. It was more of as long as people knew who he was or remembered his name that's what gave him his power that's, that was like always the same thing as like you have to forget freddy in order to kill him but there's always a way for someone to make him make them remember and then it also started with like the first one being because they murdered him in his fucking factory because he was a pedophile yeah and then he swore vengeance on all the, the town's kids so yeah and i mean he no it wasn't an awesome which one was it but I guess you could say him killing the ones that he did is like the saved up points in a way to respawn. Yeah. If you want to put it in that kind of concept, like he had yeah. enough power from what he already did to revive himself later on. Cause it's always like a convoluted way on how he comes back. <laughs> 
Yeah, because I remember, I can't remember which one it was where he got power from hell, basically. Like he became, he, he became, he became a demon more, more than anything else because he was more, he was like more powerful than he had ever been. Like when the person actually like forgot him, he didn't phase away. He just like faked phasing away. And he was just like, gotcha. Almost sounds like dream master or phrase dead. I don't remember. I think that was dream master. It could have been dream master, but yeah, he like, three's my favorite. So like if it was something from three, I could tell you all the time, but I yeah. think that might be dream master. It's been a while since I've even fucking marathon those movies. Same. Because I I do remember the look though because his nose was pointier his ears were pointy he had sharper teeth and he just kind of looked more red rather than burnt sound a little bit more like Dream Masters because Freddy's Dead was the three D one yeah I always remember it's the sixth one too because the only other like two variations you have and change is the new nightmare and the remake because for the most yeah. part he's just made the same ish but I think it yeah. was Dream Masters I could be wrong though. Yeah, I mean, or Dream Child might be a Dream Child. I I think he did get power from the from the people that he slayed, but I don't think it was so much their dreams because he was all about nightmares. And I mean, yeah, I, I mean, had I could sleep for it. Yeah, I could see how they got the dream aspect from it because the opposite of a nightmare is a dream. But I don't see how I, I don't see the. Con- I, I think for me the most the biggest thing is I don't see the connection on. How it gives him power specifically. Yeah. Like, how does it directly affect him? Not really seeing. It's a good theory, but I don't. I don't think it's a sound theory, in my personal opinion. Because, yeah, I don't. Other than like you know him eating their souls to like siphon off the power from that, I don't really see as to how you know anything else could play into that. And then on top of that, how could he have came back for Freddy versus Jason? when nobody remembered him. Yeah, that's also the one that looks more like the demon also is the one for Freddy versus Jason because it was more able to be brought out more in some ways with the makeup and everything. Yeah, I don't think it was like for direct power. I don't see that correlation, but mm-hmm. I, like I said, you see it as a like docking up power to come back for next film in a concept, then I can then I can say, yeah, I, I kind of see it that way. Honestly, I would like to know. I, I would honestly like to hear Wes Craven's take on this and be like, hey, sir. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Fucking love Wes. I would. I, I wish he were around to like put his two cents on it and be like, listen, good theory. But here's where you messed up, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, most, most of the people really don't even like acknowledge these theories. It's just for like fan support of yeah. like people wanting to express how much they like can deep dive on this stuff which is fine but no i would like if they uh chimed in on it like john carpenter or anybody like that i know i know john carpenter did like he he did like a i don't think it was a reddit ama i think he did like a like a quora ama or something like that to, and then i think guillermo del toro did one too where someone oh, asked him like, where someone asked him like a really really popular theory and he was like i like that and i was like oh shit that I was like, imagine you putting out like being like, hey, listen, I got a question. What's your take on this theory I have? And then the man himself is just
just like I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. I was like, that would be awesome. So I mean, hold on, I'm getting my Ouija board. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Give me Wes Craven. That'd be fucking fantastic. I, yeah, I. I mean, I would need to like. I know they. I know they kind of summarize the fan theory on here, but I would kind of have to see like the whole theory from soft hand Sam. That's what a name. Yeah, I was like, because to me, when I read it at first, it didn't say soft hand Sam. It said soft hands or soft ham sandwich. I was like, what? Why would you want a hard ham sandwich? I'm I'm confused. But yeah, I just Uh-oh. I would I would need to read like the whole thing for me to kind of. Yeah, I would up. need more more details to like yeah. really like be able to chime in more on it. Like I said, I guess you could say it gave him power. Like I said, it's more of like a revenge thing, but I don't see it being in the sense that they're saying because that means he would be only going up and up and up instead of being like stagnant drop go up yeah because i remember he was a lot more powerful in dream warriors than he was in one and two but he was a lot more powerful in no not not freddy's dead he was a lot more powerful in night and dream master than he was in freddy's dead and he killed way less people in freddy's dead than he did in yeah, Dream Master. Because yeah. I think there was like fifteen or fifteen or twenty people total in Dream Master. Oh my god! Versus like the eight that he had in Freddy's Dead, if I remember correctly. I know Freddy's Dead didn't have a lot of deaths, but like, yeah, I think he killed like a couple people off camera, and they were like, "Oh, did you hear about Betty? She's dead." It's like, it's like I was mm-hmm. like sitting there, I was like, "Who's Betty?" Yeah, it's been so long. I need to rewatch all those. It's been Same. a hot minute. You know what I think we should do? I think we should do a like an entire like just go like through me and you just go through like an entire marathon of like Freddy, Jason, Michael, watch all the movies. All the old slashers. Yeah. And then just like come back and be like, hey, listen, this week we're watching Freddy. Here's our takes on like these ones. I like this one, this one, and this one. I like that. I mean, I will ramble on for days about Dream Warriors, but you know, a lot of people give me shit for that too. I think Dragon gives me shit for that. I don't know I why. Like Dream Warriors. I mean, honestly, as long as no one's picking number two, we're fine. I didn't mind number two for what it was, but out of all the films of Freddy, it's the weakest. Yeah, because like I think I think Freddy's Dead is better than number two. Sorry for anyone out there that likes number two. If there's no apology, like any of them are better than Freddy's Revenge. Like Freddy's Revenge is so bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, yeah, it wasn't good. And then that, and then the fucking remake. I can appreciate the remake for what it is. And just the film also has a lot of like other like shit with it. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't like the fact that like they kind of left it ambiguous as to what he did to the children versus like the original where it was like, oh yeah, he diddled those kids and we're gonna burn him for it. It's like, yeah, don't make me sympathize with 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 that. That's not something I want to sympathize with. That's not. Yeah. That's not kosher. But yeah, like. I, th- I think that'd be a fun idea. Just like sit through and like go through an entire marathon and like rank the videos that we watched and talk about them and stuff like that. And I think that'd be, I think that'd be fun because I think yeah. they're all available on prime. I, th- I have them all on DVD. If we really wanted to do that, I can get the uh, USB portable DVD player that I have and throw all my discs. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be a great weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely down to do that. And then moving along. Yeah. Got- next one. I kind I kinda like this one. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, it, uh, this one. This one. I honestly really, really appreciate this one. I I mean it's really far reaching in a lot of ways, yeah. but like it's the, the methodical aspect of it that makes it like really, really 
viable. <laughs> it's kind. It's kind of. It's it, to me. It's kind of funny. It adds a little humor to to the Saw movies, but I like it. This one is Home Alone's Kevin McAllister grows up to be Jigsaw from Saw. And this one's really long, so bear with me. I'm gonna try and read as fast as possible, carefully. Okay, good. There's no funny username, so I can just spin through this. The Saw yeah. series is known for elaborate for its elaborate traps, all of which are created by Jigsaw and his followers. As the traps become more detailed, fans of the series began to connect the dots between the horror franchise and the Kevin McAllister, the young sadomasochist from Home Alone. I like how they put that in there. From Home Alone. <laughs> Throughout the Home Alone films, Kevin becomes obsessed with crafting in- inter- intricate traps. Befriends old man Marley after making the stranger, after mistaking the stranger for someone who, someone more sinister, and, repeated, and repeatedly evidences a mean streak that justified by a sense of unserved justice, all of which lines up perfectly with Jigsaw's personality traits. Questionable. The two men even look sort of alike. Also kind of questionable. So it's totally believable that they could be the same person. Eh, I could argue both. Whereas in Home Alone, Kevin is simply trying to defend his family's home from intruders. Yes, the sequel highlights the child's darker side the second time around the wet bandits also known as the sticky bandits want nothing to do with the McAllister family and aim to instead rob a toy store located hundreds of miles from the Chicago home despite having no ties to the to the offense Kevin decides to set up a kill house it wasn't a kill house it was a maim house at best in abandoned New York City apartment it wasn't abandoned it was his aunt's and uncle's apartment being renovated building a very jigsaw building a very jigsaw move and proceeds to torment the two crooks until life in prison seems like a reward. The tyke starts by bashing in their head with bricks and things only get more grisly from there. Yeah, I go ahead. I was going to say, whereas I can see some of some of this theory, I see I see holes. I see holes, too. Don't get me wrong. But like the fact of like even with Jigsaw being the methodical person that he is for prepping plans and setting up his traps for each person fit the sin kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And I know Kevin McAllister being the kid that he was and just setting up booby traps in general, I feel like it was one of those like the little masochism or like insane part of his brain was just kind of like, hey, that was really fun. Now, what if I can do it to help people? And slowly, like, especially after his, like, uh, John's jigsaw, his attempted suicide didn't work and how much he appreciated life. He's like, I can make the worst of people come out better. But like, again, it slowly divulged into torture porn more than anything. But like the first three, maybe four, I want to say, would really show more of like his like thought and very methodical planning of further events yeah. as opposed to just doing it. Yeah, I can, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. Even though I like the one with Chester Bennington, I think that was six. That was like six or seven. Yeah. I, I just liked it because of Chester's scene and I was like, oh shit, my boy's in a movie. All right. For Chester me, Bennington. <laughs> one, three and four is like the only ones that I can really like always be on board with. Two has a lot of like, just everyone's a really stupid in two to me. Four is really good. Three is really good. One's really good. Five, six, seven, 3D. I haven't seen the newest one. I didn't uh, like 3D. 3D was whatever. It all was whatever. Spiral's probably been one of my favorites. I know it's not like the greatest one. 
Yeah, but I, I really, really loved Spiral just because like it's what I said, like when we did like last season where it was like, you know, if you could be in any universe, what would it be? And I was like, I want to be in the Saw universe to see how many like people mimic John's concept. And that's what like yeah. I got with Spiral. And I really, really loved that. I yeah. And I, I, I messed up and I was like, oh, I want to be in a John. I want to be in a freaking zombie movie like John Carpenter's universe and zombies. And I was just like, and you were like, but. But listen, what about resources? What about people? And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's the only, so every time I hear, it's always the whole, like, uh, if a zombie pop happened, what would you ever do? And it's like, it's such a silly thing. And I remember it was like really big in like middle school, high school, and like early college. Like from 2004 to like 2012, I would say like that eight years was like all Mm -hmm. zombies everywhere. Nobody could stop talking about it, which was fine. Don't get me wrong. It was totally fine for what it was. It's just funny how like that was like everyone's talk. But it's like when it comes down to it realistically and you, you see how people are, especially after 2020, like it would be a lot harder for people, even like the doomsday preppers. You can prep for everything. Like we talk about this all the time, especially when telling like stories. Yeah. You will never know until it actually happens. That's the unfortunate part. You can prep and prep and prep and you just hope your training kicks in. But when it comes down to that moment, you will never know until that moment happens. I have to agree with that. And what also cracks me up is that a lot of people have this weird misconception that every military member is going to be like some hard ass survivalist. No, they're not. They're, they're really not. It's no. And, and what cracks me up even more is when they start talking about like military training and stuff like that. And I'm like, <laughs> not everybody received the same training. Like, yeah, like it's always funny. Like I love the aspect of when people are like, oh, I was in the military and everyone immediately is like, oh, there's some fucking boots on the ground ready to go to war kind of person. Like your average person's like either an office person or someone that just, unless they were like active combat MOS, most of the people you encountered that are in the military were really smart, intelligent people or didn't have to deal with any of that stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, no shame in that. Like that's what the problem is though. But people automatically assume I was in the military means you were something like more than just like, yeah, I served and cleaned up the yard for eight years. Yeah. Like, I mean, like even me, like I I tell people, I tell people this all the time. They're like, well, what'd you do in the military? I was like, well, my original MOS was 0111. I was an admin guy. But here's the funny thing is that I wasn't your average admin guy. I got sent out in there because I had a master sergeant, luckily, that hated me. And the reason I say luckily is because she was just like, get, get, get out of my office. And she just sent me temporary additional duty to other places. And I'm like, yay, I'm away. So like my, my average the office experience is different from somebody else's average office experience. It's just in general, that concept though is like, it's the same thing. It's just like, just because you were in, doesn't mean you were constantly training for everything. And Mm -hmm. even when you are a constant training, unless you're an elite force or a special force, like honestly, you still don't receive too much training. So more of like being in shitty conditions and trying to like, how would you be able to operate in shitty conditions? That's the best way to really put your training. And I mean, I mean, even when you like go out to the field and stuff like that, and it's just like, this is like camping, but much, much, much worse. I haven't, I haven't pooped in three days. Much shittier. Where's my baby wipes? I need to fucking 
de sweat. Oh my God, did not de sweat. And then, and and then, what was it? The first time we went out to the field, no, like my guys, none of us had cots. We all had sleeping bags and a poncho, and the and, and the tarp. We that's all we had. So we freaking yeah. just made like little lean tos. Meanwhile, the army guys had like two man tents, and uh, like we were like, yeah, embrace the suck. We're like we're supposed to be cross training, and the first sergeant was like, the logistics was shot. We're we're we're, we're doing this, and I'm just like. Like my wife called me and she was just like, yeah, she was like, Hey, I'm going to go grocery shopping when I was out in the field because we luckily we had a, we had power. So I, I could use my phone and shit and charge it because I was permanent personnel while everybody else was a student. <laughs> fun story. And my wife called me and she was like, how's it, how's the field? You having fun? I was like, no, she was like, why? I was like, it's 12 degrees outside. I haven't been inside in a week. I still got another week to go. FTX is baby. It was it was terrible. The only warmth we had was by huddling by the exhaust of the Humvee. And I'm pretty sure there's something that's going to be long lasting after from, from from just that. Oh, for sure. And your man fires. Come on, man fires are a great way to be fucking warm. Oh, yeah. Our first sergeant was like, hey, I found a metal barrel. Do with it what you will. And we started a fire. And then like me and all my guys huddled shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> we were just standing there with our hands in our pockets. Yes, our hands were in our pockets. And we're just sitting there. And then first sergeant came, came over and he was like, hey, that looks pretty warm. Yeah, he, he scooched in like right next to me and he was like, you enjoying the field, Corporal? I was like, I'm having the time of my life for a sergeant. You? He was like, I get to go home every night. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's where that being higher up perks work a lot. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, I was out in the field with my guys just freezing my butt, my butt off. But, um, <laughs> sorry, derailed. Train went We, we derailed a little bit, but no, it's this. It ties into with like how some of this is outstretched in some parts, but it's like, yeah, the other thing too is like whenever you're watching some movies like i hate that you like give physics classes in the military especially during like basic and boot and yeah. it completely ruins like all action movies <laughs> yeah like like the whole the reticle like in the movies the reticle is where the bullet's gonna hit it's like no no if you sign well, it that way yeah if you zero it in properly there's 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 hang time there's distance there's earth rotation there's a lot of mathematics that go into to shooting a gun and a lot of that doesn't play out for your average person that was yeah. in the military but you know like your elite your elite snipers which i i met i met four while i was in the marine corps but since i've been out i've met 12 all of them were friggin mars mars train friggin hathcock hathcock uh, Camp Hathcock trained thousand yard snipers that had 103 confirmed kills. And I'm just like, cool. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I could I, like, I could see where some, uh, where, where, where some of this ties in, but like, I think, I think the planning is what I feel like is the most connecting to, to me, at least yeah. like the, the prep time. It's like, you know, world's best burglar has to break into Kevin McAllister's house and he's got fucking five hours to prep. What, what who do you think is going to win kind of thing? It's yeah. like, concept like with jigsaw how he has a time limit and he's got a he's precisely mapped out almost like every detail mm -hmm. to how it should be on paper mm -hmm. and it's that that planning and forethought that i feel like you can put those two together and see how they became like McAllister becomes John. 
I also I also think that the way the way I could see this working out best for me is what I like to say is the difference between good person and, and a bad person. Don't get mad at me for saying this to anybody out there that I firmly believe the difference between a good person and a bad person is one bad day. Oh, always. Then time and time again. I mean, unfortunately, you have the common saying of going postal because that's kind of what happened. The one bad day. Everyone's there. Everyone at some point, especially right now, like everyone just feels like in this very weird rut, you know? Yeah. Like I haven't like I have not been creative at all, aside from the podcast and streaming and hanging out with Miz and a few other people. But I haven't been drawing. I haven't been editing. I haven't been doing anything other than this. And I'm yeah, like, I, I've been editing, but it's like what I can, because like after work, like the way this whole company is right now, is like got me so in a fucking loop. So I'm just like, yeah. And I think that if the circum, I think that if the circumstances were right, if this, if this theory was like laid out and kind of roadmapped, I could see the connection between Kevin and John and Kevin becoming John based off of a few key factors. Like, yeah, I, I know the one bad day thing is, is like a comic book trope and all that fun stuff, but there, and the decision making that goes into that and stuff like that. But for some people, it's the flick of a switch and they're just like, you yeah. know what? I don't like that guy because he made my coffee too hot one day and I was driving and it spilled on my hand. He's going yeah. in a bear. He's going in a reverse bear trap. I was going to say the other thing too is that like, it's very funny seeing, I really shouldn't say funny. That sounds bad. It's really uncommon or not. It's not uncommon. I should say when you have so many people, especially online right now with the way like crazy viral clips go on as people freaking out over the simplest shit you know yeah you're like you're like oh my god i wish we would have had smartphones when we were kids some of the shit we saw like that time oh my god like that time my my, my buddy mikey he, i love mikey to death and shout out to mikey if he ever listens to this podcast my buddy mikey is i love him to death he was that kind of like i'll do it friend we were like hey you know what would be really cool if someone rode a skateboard off the roof and then mikey was like i'll go grab my board i'll be right back and you're like mike mikey no sure enough mikey thought it'd be a great idea to try and jump from the roof of his house to a trampoline and into this into into a pool well he didn't make it to the trampoline yeah <laughs> we learned from our super mistakes he just went whop, right into the ground and then he just sat there and he's like I think I'm okay and then he went to stand up and his leg just went and we're like and he's like somebody call my mom in an ambulance and we're like huh you can't say for those moments like the kids can nowadays <laughs> yeah like they're like let me grab my phone record okay do it again yeah like damn it like you can't just sit there and just just be like hey I gotta run in the house real quick and use my friggin my the house phone to call 911 because I don't have a cell phone in my pocket or a tablet yeah. to FaceTime my mom. <laughs> or if you're close enough to a pay phone forever remembers those. Oh yeah. We got into a bad bike wreck at, at a freaking strip mall and had to use a pay phone to call an ambulance. That was hilarious because the ambulance is like, where are you at? We're like, we're at the strip mall. They're like, which one? Because there was like three and we're like, this one. And they're like, okay, we'll be there in like five minutes. Basically all that happened was that we rode up on what we thought was a, a wheelchair ramp and it was a set of stairs and my buddy his tire caught on the second step and it just yanked his wheel and he just went and they were solid cement stairs not wooden he just 
but yeah, like I, I think, I think honestly for this theory, I think if it was more, if it was told the right way and it was laid out in front of me, I could make a more decisive yes or no on this. But for me, this one's kind of up in the air. That's fair. That's fair. I think, yeah, I could, I could, I could definitely see Kevin McAllister being like, you know what? I'm going to teach people like becoming John. If it were, if it were, if it were laid out right. I could see Kevin becoming John and be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to teach people to appreciate their life. How are you going to do that? Trauma. You going to make a group of people trauma bond together. Trauma bonding. <laughs> Nothing like it. Tried and true. Tried and true. <laughs> Tried and true. Oh, I'm uh, that username. Okay, so the next fan theory. I actually, I actually kind of like this one from just skimming over it. Jason is a demon in Friday the 13th. Strap on your hockey mask because here comes a wild Friday the 13th theory. I don't think it's that wild. In the films, the Slayer isn't actually a grown-up Jason Voorhees. He's actually a deadite, aka the demons from Evil Dead films. The theory comes from multiple sources who put their heads together. Sorry, my, my cursor was in the way. Together on Reddit user B-A-C-X-A-B-E-R. Baxaber? Baxaber? I'm not sure. Said that they believe Jason is actually an evil spirit. A few other Redditors pointed out that the Necronomicon appears in Jason Goes to Hell and the Jason versus the, and the Freddy versus Jason versus Ash comic. So it's likely that Jason is explicitly tied into into Evil Dead canon. If you consider yourself a Jason Voorhees buff, you can. OK, sorry. I, I can see I can see this one because I think that if a spirit in certain in certain movies, if a spirit is vengeful enough, it can come back and do certain things. And as for the Jason being a deadite thing, I think it's accurate because he was grown up in number two, dies in number three, and then comes back in number four. And then we got the Jason that everyone knows and loves, basically just a hulking, strong zombie. Because the only way I don't see this working out, honestly, is the fact that Jason doesn't talk. And a lot of the deadites do talk. Yeah, even even if they're like little campy words in some way, shape, form or another. But yeah, no, it's it's they are sentient, I guess you could say. I see this, but I don't see this because, yeah, if even if they like they'd have to directly reference the Necronomicon. This is just like an assumption of how the Necronomicon works more than actually being like a great way to like link it. It's just like literally pulled out of thin air. One of the ones that I was like, I can see it, but it's a lot harder than than you think. Yeah. And there was there was another theory that I saw that was kind of similar to this one a long time ago. I wish I could find it. But it was saying that the cabin that Jason like made his shrine to his mother in with her sweater and her picture and all that stuff mm -hmm. was the same cabin that Ash and company used in the first Evil Dead or the first and second Evil Dead after they had already used it. So... I, I can see that tracking a little. I can see that tracking. So I could, I could yeah, I could see Jason being a, a being, demon. Yeah, being a deadite or a demon. Yeah, because being a I demon. Mean, my only thing is, is that like the only way you can summon a deadite is by the the only hole I have in this one is the only way you can summon a deadite or the demons from Evil Dead is if you read from the book and 
There was never any reading of a book in Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I mean, Friday the 13th, yeah. And then on top of that, there's also, like, ones where he didn't, where he wasn't even at Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, Freddy versus Jason had Camp Crystal Lake, but Jason goes to New York. Jason goes to Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's, like, the sixth one as well. It's not a camp. It's, like, fifth or sixth one that is also not a Camp Crystal Lake. The one with uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah. And I hate, I hate to even mention it, but Jason X. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, and I mean, none of them, none of them had it to where Jason was, was reading it. He was just like, somebody's on my lawn. I'm grabbing my stabby stick. Stabby stick. Not the stabby stick. I'm grabbing my stabby stick. Are you proud of me, Ma? <laughs> but also, the, uh, I just thought about this. Jason has a fear of water. Yes. Whereas, like, the deadites, you could set them on fire, you could behead them, you could throw them into a wood chipper like they did in Evil Dead Rises. Yep. Evil Dead Rising. And spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't seen that. I I enjoyed it. But too. they didn't really they didn't really they were yes, they didn't feel pain, but they didn't have a fear so much. Like there wasn't anything that you could like you couldn't just put two fingers together like you could with like the old campy vampire movies and be like back, back, and they're like, ah so like I mean whereas Jason's a little less scary when you like throw a bucket of water on him. Where he's just like, I'm moist. Really, that sense, but it's like volume of water. There's a lot of water yeah. that, because that's what happened in Freddy versus Jason. But yeah, no, I get what you meant. <laughs> yeah. Cause he, cause like one of them hit the pipe and then water started spraying between him and Freddy. And Freddy was like, oh, do have a weakness. Yeah. So I, I, I think oh, no, that you are skipping something. Yeah. So I think that it's, I, I can, I can, hard for me. I can see it, but it's a little hard for me. Yeah, I could I could play devil's advocate on this. This this one I can kind of get behind. But there's 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 a little holes like I mean tying Ash into it with the with the comic book which I read snippets of. I didn't get to read the whole thing sadly. It was pretty it was pretty good because it wasn't just Freddy versus Jason. It was Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. So Ash is fighting both Freddy and Jason at the same time in some in some context and you're just like what the fuck. But it, it was good. It was That's a good comic. Good. If, you, if if anyone can get their hands on it and read it in any way, shape, or form, I highly suggest it because I want to finish reading it now. But not a bad theory. Not a bad theory. It's not. Just feels a little hard to get behind in some spots, you know? Yeah. The Blair Witch. This one I kind of like. The Blair Witch Project involves time travel. This one. This one. This one. I. This one I can get behind. I. I, I don't really see as to how I couldn't. But for years, fair. This is the Blair Witch, the first one. Not. The, don't. Don't. We don't talk about the second one here. <laughs> about the first and the third we do not mention book of shadows if you if you like the first one if you like the, or i'm sorry if you like the second one it, it's Don't okay know what to tell you. it's okay we all have wrong opinions yeah you're entitled <laughs> to your wrong opinion sorry on that one sorry not exactly sorry. exactly <laughs> I, I i enjoyed it for what it was but oh, I, I can't get behind that movie at all it, it like, so I didn't I didn't wa- I didn't watch it because I, I watched I watched the Blair Witch Project as an adult and then I watched the Blair Witch Project to the Book of Shadows as an adult also and I watched them as two totally different films like one I was watching as the found horror like this might be real aspect and the other one I was just like this is a horror movie I'm gonna watch a horror movie and I was like okay it's not that bad but when I was like putting two and one together I was just like this is yeah it's drastic drastically different movies 
Yeah. The third one's the third one I haven't seen yet. I need to watch that. The the new one is really, really good. I was pleasantly surprised by it. I need to watch it. For and this one reads, For years, fans of the Blair Witch Project have been trying to figure out how Heather and her friends were able to get so lost while hunting for the Blair Witch in a national forest. A which isn't really that hard to believe when you see how many people actually go lost get lost in national forests. Oh yeah, big, no, for sure. It's ridiculous. A user on the Blair Witch there was oh yeah the forums back when mm-hmm. forums were a thing yeah. uh, believes that after entering the woods it is possible that Heather and Co aka company walk into the loop that sends them back into the 1940s when Rustin Parr was allegedly possessed by the witch evidence to support this theory can be found in the game Blair Witch Volume 1 Rustin Parr which takes place in the 40s in Parr's house the player catches a glimpse of Heather donating Donahue running past them which correlates with the final moments of the first film, which if you haven't played the Blair Witch video game, it's actually pretty good. It's scary as shit. I have um, no... It's, it's pretty decent. I got it for free somehow. I can't remember. This theory was pretty much confirmed in 2016's Blair Witch sequel. Okay, good. They mentioned the 2016 version, not the 2002 ish version i don't remember when book of trials came out i didn't even give that movie any attention <laughs> yeah i know we were young in in the film the move time moves differently for the characters after they enter the forest they lose track of some lo- uh, some locals for a few hours and when they're reunited they claim they've been missing for days additionally the main character's quest is inspired by footage of the witch that that's posted on youtube but it's later revealed that the footage was filmed by the protagonist without uh, without time travel the plot is utterly unexplainable i can i can get behind this one for two reasons one in the film uh, the first one the very first one they said that par's house burnt to the ground and when they were walking into the house it didn't look as if it had been burnt at all yeah and then it ends with the you know the legend of the per- one person standing in the corner while par murdered the other one i could yep. and then having played the video game it was you went back and forth between time and like you would go into like a cave or, or another part of the game where like it didn't make sense because you were walking in a totally different direction and you came back to the same spot you just started in in a different time of day or a different day altogether because i never played the game so i have like no information on that and i haven't seen the 2016 blair witch sequel i need i need to but yeah the game the game was good for what it was it wasn't like super super duper awesome but it was good for what it was <laughs> super duper awesome yeah it wasn't like they got uh, recommended to everybody yeah it wasn't like something that's like hey play it if you can if you have the ability to but it's like if you if you can't if you want to play it i'm not gonna say no it's it's a decent game it's single player the can't the camera plays a big role in the game your dog plays a big role in the game and the flashlight plays a big role in the game there's a lot of the psychological aspects to it and i did like the psychological aspects but well, you're a psychological person that's why <laughs> yeah i'm psychological dude <laughs> but yeah the the whole the whole the whole time travel aspect i could see that i could see that being a thing because i could, I could definitely see it for sure the reason why yeah the, the sequel trailer 
I, I, the only sequel I will count, uh, which is the new 2016 one. It does a very good job with that. It does a lot of the, uh, yeah, there is time travel, but not in the sense of like time travel, time travel. It's very weird because like it's you're following this group that's only been there for what feels like a day or two. And then they're like, oh, we haven't seen you. It was been like eight days since we've seen each other. Our rations are almost gone and so on and so forth. And the way they do some parts of it, it leaves you guessing how long and how separated are they through time? Because at one point they like come, a character comes in with like a full face of hair. Like they've like let their beard grow out. So which usually takes, you know, a good couple of months so it's like, how's this happening? It's like, yeah, I think, I think it's more, I think it's more time dilation or manipulation rather than time travel itself. So yeah, I could, I could, I could see time travel being the thing that causes like a lot of that. Good God, the Michael Myers one is friggin' huge. But yeah, I, I could, I could see that. I can, I can get behind that one. I, I have no, I have no qualms with that one because it seems pretty solid. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I, I can see it. It'd be a little bit harder, but I can see it. Yeah. But my only question to that one is if if the time if the time travel was a thing, then why didn't we see more more of the what am I trying to say here? More of like the difference in more of the difference in people than just like, you know, like a beard. Like why they like their clothes could have been a lot more worn and tattered and stuff like they, that. They are. They are, but no, I I know what you mean. Yeah. A lot of things do change on it. It's just it's hard to explain without like kind of putting spoils out there for you. That's fair. This next one on the list. I actually kind of like, and I can explain this one without having to read it. So, because mm-hmm. uh, I've heard this one before. I don't know if it was the original version or not, but number seven. It is. Michael Myers is a spirit of Sam Hain in Halloween. For those that don't know, Sam Hain is a Gaelic, old Gaelic mythological festival that happens around October 31st, aka Halloween, where people had to paint their face, but put jack-o'-lanterns out on their porch to keep Sam Hain from entering and keep evil spirits out and all that fun stuff. And it was kind of the fall, oh, what's it called? Equinox. It was, it was, it was the kind of a celebration of the fall equinox for harvest and stuff like that. And there was food and a bunch of other rituals and according to which version of it you read and stuff like that. And basically Sam Hain was the malevolent spirit of Halloween, which is how we got costumes and masks and stuff like that for children and grown-ups and all that fun stuff and it's considered a heathenistic quote-unquote ritual and stuff like that so that's why a lot of people are kind of like hey i don't like halloween but religious aspects yeah yeah and uh, i can kind of see this one but the fact that they quoted season of the witch kind of is like for me because there's i'll read the top i'll read the top two uh, sentences because i just summarized everything else Let's see. Looking at the Halloween series as a whole, one notices several distinct visions of... I'll call her back. Several distinct divisions. The first two films tell the story of Michael Myers breaking out of a mental institution, returning to his hometown to wipe out a bunch of teens, and being taken to a hospital where he continues to slay people until he's blown up. Then there's Season of the Witch, which doesn't have anything to do with Myers. Instead, the third film focuses on the scary, on scary androids and actually treats the first two movies as works of fiction. A trailer of the original film is seen early in Halloween 3. After the departure, there comes the fourth, fourth, fifth, and sixth films, which have spooky mythology of their own. And the theory comes from Redditor user Zadkim. T-Z-A-D to Zadikim. T-Z-A-D-I-K-I-M. 
K-I-M. Yeah. Yeah. So my only problem with this is that the new Halloweens from 2018 and Halloween ends basically made the other films non-canon. So they rewrote it to where the first two are still canon. Three and after don't exist in that universe, essentially. Okay. So that's my only problem with that. And if we're if we're talking about the first two Halloween one up to no, what's a reasonable H2O. I'll do Halloween one up to H2O. I could see this. I could see him being the spirit of Sam Hain because he doesn't die, even though he goes through a lot of a lot of stuff and everything like that. And he, you know, he gets blown up. He gets set on fire. He gets stabbed. He gets shot. He gets shot. He gets stabbed. He gets shot again. Like he doesn't die. Like even I think even one of them. I think. Oh God, which one was that one? It's been a long time since I've even seen the Halloween franchise. I'm trying to remember. It's the one where it's his niece, and she gets possessed by Michael, and she can see what he sees, and he can see what she sees. I think in that one, I think he gets stabbed in the head, and he just kind of reaches up and pulls the blade out, and he just kind of drops it, and the person. Like I pissed out the I pissed off the big guy. Maha, what do I do? <laughs> Someone help! I don't know who can help. Help! But yeah, like if we're talking like like if if we if we cut out 2018 and Halloween ends, I can see this being valid and being believable because the okay. season of the witch has it to where Michael Myers is some kind of he's, he's some kind of chosen one, but for a dark spirit. In almost like he's a fucking vessel. Yeah, and basically the way that he gains his strength is through killing. Whereas they kind of quoted that in the 2018 and Halloween Ends one, it wasn't so much a magical aspect. It was like Mikey's mind is gone, so he's just kind of like in this berserk state of just like kill everything. Fuse state. Yeah. Okay. Where he's, just, where he's more of a. Where he's more of a killing machine rather than a supernatural being. If we if we don't count if we if we cut those two out, then yeah, I could see this being Sam Hain, but with the new two included, no. So if you were to actually do it based off current information, it would not work. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I mean, I could argue both of these, but I mean, I'm feeling too confident with it, though. <laughs> yeah, like I like it's it's sound and it's a good theory if you're not counting the last two films. And I'm not sure when this person made this theory. So if he made it before or if they made it, bef- if they made it before 2018, it's solid. If it made it after 2018, someone didn't watch the movies. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> yeah, someone didn't watch the movies. They didn't take notes. But yeah, for me, I'm. I've always been a big Michael Myers fan. I became a bigger Michael Myers fan when Rob Zombie made his two iterations. Love them or hate them, I don't care. They are two of my most favorite versions of the Halloween franchise to date because I love Zombie selling them. On it. Yeah, he put he put he put that that Rob Zombie stank on that movie, and he <laughs> just kind of put his own spin on it. And I, I I really liked him. There's a lot of people that don't like him, and I understand that. Yeah, I I can understand it. I really really like them i thought they were fantastic yeah i i especially like number two i kind of wish that we would have got a third one because in, in number two 
Mikey's dead, but his sister be kind of like falls into that same state of mind as him. And you see his, his wife, Sherry Moon Zombie come from Mikey's plane of existence into hers. And she's just sitting there smiling on the bed as the camera like pans out. And you're like, yeah, I really wish we got another one of that. Rob, listen, listen, we need to talk, buddy. <laughs> you need to make a third one, please. Give me closure. I want closure. I want the sister to become, become the spirit of Halloween. That would be great. But yeah, I, I, li- I like the theory, depending on when, when it was written, because I can argue both ways. Yeah. Whereas like if it's like, you know, after if they made it after 2018, I'm going to say no. If they made it before 2018, I would agree with them whole, wholeheartedly because prior to 2018, it was kind of up in the air with our boy Mikey. Like It's like, is he supernatural? Is he just a really crazy guy? Is he just, you know, hell bent on revenge? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> 2018 to Halloween ends is like, oh, we know. For sure. Hostel is an alternate universe sequel to Saw? I feel more instead of being the, that one with that one I can agree with, it'd be really quick, is instead of like someone trying to do it like John did for Saving the Life, someone obviously did the whole, hey, let me just fucking hire a bunch of people to kidnap people. Especially again, specifically the first one I know was like in Germany. So I was like, let's kidnap foreigners and uh, no one's going to know that they went missing or they're going to presume they're dead and we can have our fun with them. That same concept of, again, torture porn. Yeah, this one comes from Redditor user W underscore W underscore W underscore A, all caps. Notice something interesting in the scene where Beth stays at a mansion owned by the head of uh, Elite Hunting. The camera lingers on a portrait of a woman who looks like Amanda Young, a character from the Saw series. Amanda was not a minor character. She was... She's a very big character. (laughs) Yeah, like, but yeah, they... they, I could... eh. I mean, if we're doing this based off of... Based off of the tie-in of one character, I, I could... It's not very sound. It's not because I mean, shit, if you if you think about it, I could tie Keanu Reeves from Speed to John to John Wick to Neo because one character, one person played the same played a different character in all three movies. It's just Keanu Reeves is stuck in the Matrix. Whereas like this one, it's just like there's a portrait that kind of looks like Amanda from Saw. And did let me see. When did when did the first hostel come out? Before? When did the second the second one? The second jigsaw come out. Or a second saw. Oh, 2006. Hostel came out. Oh wow. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I was in high school. Yeah. Saw two came out in 2005. Okay, so there's a year difference there. And I mean, they are saying it's an alternate universe. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Like I said, I can see it as in, instead of the uh, how do we help someone? It's more of a just I want to fucking kill someone and I have to worry about it <laughs> just because I can. Yeah. Which again, in the alternate universe would be the same concept. Instead of doing it to help someone, you're doing it just to be an asshole. Yeah. I, yeah, I could, I could see. I mean, if it was an alternate version where like Amanda became like John's apprentice and then like went like way off into freaking left field with it. Like, and, well, it's a whole organization. That's what I'm saying. Like, so I can see yeah. instead of being the one person being a whole corporate entity kind of thing like it is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this one. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little out there. I, I can see it, but can't see it. Yeah. And it's, then, then next one's really got my attention though. <laughs> 
Next one. Uh, so number nine. I love this theory. If you haven't read it, let's see. Uh, there are two aliens. I haven't heard this one actually. I didn't even. I honestly, I think I skimmed over this one. There are two aliens in the thing. John Carpenter's 1982 film, The Thing, is a masterclass in both suspense and horror. I would agree. The movie keeps audience guessing about which character is secretly an alien until the credits roll, and even though there is no straight answer, no straight answers are provided in response to. The the ambiguity a redditor user don't was stink don't was don't w-a-s-t-e-i-d-o-a-s-t-i-n-k stink don't wait to stink asserts that there are actually two aliens causing havoc on the arctic research station interesting in, bleh, interestingly the user doesn't believe that the aliens are working together but rather that they are butting heads throughout the film because the alien moves between hosts via saliva it transfers itself to mccready via a j and b scotch bottle the infected <laughs> mccready runs blood tests on everyone to try and weed out the second alien which is in the corpse from the norwegian site that infects blair the film ends with McCready offering his infected scotch bottle to childs and laughing about defeating the second alien so what i really love about that what makes me kind of like beam with glee i guess you could say is i like the thought process of the alien being one entity and then yeah. once it's like separated in that sense it's a now separate entity and it's like well i don't want them to have all the power i want this power instead so it's weeding out everybody that way i like that theory quite off quite quite a lot this kind of ties into another theory that i heard that child's was the, the alien at the end yeah yeah cause, because of his breath and 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 because the one that i read wasn't about the breath it was more so about the the fact that he drank after mccready because you know that they were like hey don't drink or eat after anyone blah 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 yeah. and all that fun stuff i could see i could see both being valid i i really like the theory that it's yeah, no, they both can be valid, but I love that theory of like the alien weeding out to be like, I don't want to share this planet with you. Aspect. Yeah. So they, so my question with that would be, it'd be kind of, would, so would it be kind of a parent and child power dynamic? Like the alien gave birth to the separate one, or would it be two separate entity, two separate aliens from the same? Asexual almost is what you're trying to get at. It, yeah. It's where it self produces, but they don't want to self produce. It's almost like, like, uh, I don't know how to equate it to in like the animal kingdom, but it's like essentially a, a power structure where it's like, you know, you have someone that's like the alpha wolf or the lead silver gorilla, the, the one that's on top. And you just gave birth to your usurper in a sense. So you're constantly like trying to fight for that power. And so the child, though, is retaliating defense in some ways or being like, well, how do I eliminate them without like having to like out myself as one as well okay yeah i could i could see that and if i remember correctly in the video game doesn't have mccready at the end of it yes in the video game uh, mccready is the one that rescues you so that's where it's like i see mccready not being the infected obviously because of that little aspect but if you're disregarding the game in that sense it's very very viable it's very very close and making sense to me i i can see that 100 percent because i don't remember if john i don't remember if john carpenter came out and said that the video game was canon or not i don't think he did 
I, don't I really don't think it. But if, if he did, I never heard anything about it. I could, I could, in that case, yeah, I could see there being two aliens. I, I really like that theory a lot. I mean, because, like, think about it. If you really think of how every part of what's his name's body was fighting for it, the head, the body itself was one thing as it was trying to mimic him. Yeah, uh, it never really fully separates into two beings, except for in that moment. Yeah, because only the time you see it on multiple things is in the dog pen. Yeah, and then my other thing is is that McCready kept his distance from the body in that in that part where he didn't even like so much as touch it. And then when the hands went into the chest, is when he was just like, like everyone else reacted, and then McCready reacted kind of delayed from everyone else. Like everyone was like, <gasps> and he was like, so. there is a slight ish pause, but it's also because he was trying to use flamethrower. Flamethrower didn't work right away. And then he was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. So I could, I, I, I could see this being a pretty sound theory, honestly. Yeah. No, I really can too. I, I like that one. I could see some flaws into it because of like how they're, they're making it sound like McCready is already infected, mainly because like that's the, the whole theory of what happened to McCready on the snow. Did he actually live or did he die? And it's actually the alien replicant. Uh, because they found his clothes tattered and shit like that. So it, it's always been a leading theory is maybe it's McCready that's the one that has that's infected as well. But blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I hate I hate to bring it up, but doesn't McCready kind of tie into the second one? You mean the prequel? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the prequel. I forgot it was a prequel. I thought it was a sequel. No, it's it's a prequel. I will always remember it being a prequel for one major reason. The dog that they use at the end of the movie resembles nothing of the same type of dog that was in the first one. And my wife is like, couldn't they just get a standard issue Husky for that? And I was like, a standard issue Husky? Yeah, because they can find the exact same one. I mean, you can breed them that way, but yeah, no, they definitely use a different color scheme on the uh, the Husky at the end. So it's like a little little thing like that. That's not going to tell the difference. Yeah. Plus the, the, the way the, it's shot. Higher quality versus 80s quality. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, that was high quality for back then, but... Yeah, back then. <laughs> yeah. So I, I... Yeah. Okay. I could... I could definitely... I could definitely see... I could definitely see there being two aliens, because the, the whole power dynamic does kind of make sense as to why, like, McCready was fighting a lot harder. Yeah. I, I, I can see it. I really, really like it, but that that is also me being biased as fuck. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of biased towards the whole Michael Myers thing. So fair. That's fair. That's biasisms are welcome here. They give you, they make you think a little bit. Just a tad. And then our last one. Yeah. Let's see. We have the Evil Dead remake results from Maya's Mermia's withdrawal. In 2017, Reddit user Iggy John H. These names. Poseidon. Somebody didn't proofread that. Poseidon that there aren't actually any demons or deadites in 2013 remake of Evil Dead film. Off to a shoddy start, my personal opinion. Aside from personal demons, the film begins with Mia going with twin brother and her friends to visit a cabin in the woods. The point of the trip where Mia kick a uh, to help to help Mia kick a smack habit, and she tosses her stash just before things get wild. As soon as the highs stop, the cast is plagued by counts of demonic possession, and Mia is forced to cut off her own hand to survive. The redditor notes that Mia spends most of her time possessed in the basement of the cabin, which parallels the way in which her friends have trapped her. They thought they brought her to isolation to keep her from using. The user continues. Her brother finally breaks her 
master out of the possession, which is a metaphor for breaking out of dependency. She still has to fight the last demon, though. And though I see the demon as little pieces of dependency still in, still left in her, which she eliminates the demon, uh, she is completely free. Yeah, it, it's it's hard for me to agree with this one. I see what they're doing because, as you know, in her mind, this is how she's fighting her demons into get to sobriety. Yeah. But I don't really like that concept because then like just feels kind of like the drug you lost her mind killed everybody and when she snapped to she's like oh, I'm clean and salvation kind of bullshit. Like that's how it comes yeah. off and I like that. Also like this kind of who was the dude with the glasses? Oh god. Jesus? I don't remember his actual name in the fucking movie. But I always refer to him yeah. as hippie Jesus. He got so fucked up in that movie. He, I felt so bad for that dude. He got shot in the face by a nail gun. He got stabbed. He got he got the syringe in the eye. He got fucking yeah. stabbed with a screwdriver multiple times. Like, he got fucked up in that movie. I remember he got hit with a shovel. Movie. I think so yeah. Like uh me and my brother always talk about that movie and we're just like man I don't know if this movie is like trying to tell us to, to not do demonic possession kind of stuff or is it trying to sell us duct tape with the amount of duct tape they were fucking using in that movie <laughs> oh yeah he also got like three fingers cut off too he, he had his hand fucked up in that movie I felt so bad for that dude I was just like cause like anytime someone got hurt it was nine times out of ten it was him because like they had the freaking nail gun and the guy like dodged out of the way and then hippie Jesus is just standing like right there and he's like he's like it's like why why him well, he's the one that read it, so yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, but like, it was like I th- he got hit with shit. He got stabbed. He got his hand cut off, or he got like his like three, two or three fingers cut off. Then he had the freaking the syringe and the eyeball. That was like the worst scene for me because I was like, ah, ah, because yeah, I might have served ten years in the Marine Corps, but I am scared of needles. I don't like shots. No, thank you. I don't mind shots. Like honestly, the last time I got a shot too that like really fucking was a new experience was the peanut butter shot. <laughs> Like, oh god it's like the shot is like it doesn't hurt it just feels weird and it's like if you didn't like really properly roll that jelly and shit around in your fucking ass it, yeah. i can already like i can touching where i got the shot like i can immediately feel the pain <laughs> that uh, i have i have wake a up scarf. The next day and it's oh, like yeah. Oh, so sore. You know, it was really messed up. We got our shot the day before we did our mock PFT or our uh, physical fitness test. Like that. And we, we had, had to go out and before ours, I think. Let's see. Yeah. We got our shot and then we, this is because the, the P or excuse me, our IST, our initial strength test. Okay. Where we have to go out and run, run a half mile, do crunches, do pull-ups mm-hmm. or a mile and a half, excuse me, not, not a half mile, mile and a half. There's three miles, right? Our, our PFT is three miles. Our CFT is a mile and a half. And then, uh, the IST is what you need is the bare minimum that you need to get into boot camp. It's, you have to finish a mile and a half and under used to be 13 minutes or used to be around 13 minutes I should say this is 12 plus years ago because I initially joined back in 2010 so 14 years ago yeah then in boot camp they make you do it again so if you pass it at your recruiter and then you go to boot camp you have to run the same test and then they work you up to where you're running the PFT and you're running the CFT I when I joined the CFT was brand new and there's a horror story in and of it of itself with that basically what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to have a half a football field worth of a lane set up and you're supposed to do a start in the prone, jump up, run, drop down, do a baby crawl to a cone. Once you hit the baby, once you hit the, once you hit the 
first cone, you pop up into on all fours and your dog, bear your, your ba- or no, excuse me. No, you bear crawl to the first cone, pop up, do a baby crawl on all fours to another cone. Then you pop up, you zig, you zag, you zig, you zag, you zig, you run up, you grab, you grab your buddy and you drag him back in the same zigzag pattern until you get to a cone and then you throw him up, you do a buddy drag to the the zigzag pattern until you get to a cone, throw them up on your shoulders, run down to the end of the lane with the, with them and the fireman carry, drop them off, grab ammo cans, run straight up to the zigzag pattern, grab a grenade, throw it, drop down, do push-ups. After you're done, when I, when we first did it, it was three push-ups. Then it got upgraded to 10, I think. I don't know the new standards. And when you throw the grenade, there's this box with a cone in the middle. If you land inside the box, it's three seconds off of your total, of your total time in contact of fire. And then you, after you do the push-ups, you pop back up, grab the ammo cans, zigzag, 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 and then straight shot back to the finish line and you're done. It sounds really easy until you fucking do it. It is a, just a dog walk. You are tired, everything. What was messed up about our CFT, it was not laid out properly in the regulations. So we had an entire lane of the bear crawls. We had an entire lane of the low crawls. We had an entire lane of the fucking zigzag run buddy, fire, buddy drag. And then we had an entire lane of the fireman carry and then an entire lane for the ammo cans. And the ammo cans were full, by the way. So full 35 pounds in each hand. That's, <laughs> and what was really funny is the day after we did our CFT, new guidance came out on how to set up the CFT. So the first sergeant came out in front of everybody and was like hey my bad we set that up wrong yesterday and we're like did you have to go again no thankfully oh, i was about to say no fuck that because like yeah we actually gotta see it in the proper terms <laughs> yeah but we but because they fucked up they took what they did is they took our total time in each lane and then cut it all cut them all in half added them all together and that was our time for the for for that movement because you have to run a mile and a half it's in cami bottoms boots t-shirt aka boots and utes or you know Boot, boots drop blouse yeah depending on depending on which branch you're in yeah no blouse and then for the ammo cans you don't have a blouse either because then you're just you're just doing basically press ups or military press excuse me military press with the ammo can above your head and then when you put your blouse on you're getting ready to do the movement to contact which is the whole running through the lane thing that I just described that 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 whole morning you are tired from then on through through the for, for the rest of the day i don't care i don't care how physically fit you are you feel it for the rest of the day because i was i was top tier peak physical fitness for me personally for me in the early years of, of the of marine corps <laughs> and then i got hurt and then stuff just went downhill yeah unfortunately how it is one of the few times you're just like 100 disability don't mind if i do <laughs> but but yeah it was it was just a freaking it was a dog fest because when we all got done with it we were like we got to do that every year i think I think I want to go home. I think I want to go home. I think I'm done. I want to be picked up from camp now. <laughs> Mom, come get me from the Wendy's. Kids are weird. Another fun story. We had a dude. His name was Nguyen. He was from Vietnam. Like, came over here to America, was in college, went through boot camp. He's an officer now. I love the dude. Had a really thick Vietnamese accent. And his parents didn't speak a word of English, right? He mm-hmm. tells his parents when he's going to boot camp, instead of telling them that he's going to boot camp, he says, hey, I'm going on a three month long field trip and I won't be home 
And they were like, because the Vietnamese didn't have a word for joining the military, didn't have a, didn't have a word for joining the Marines or becoming a Marine. So he was mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm going on a field trip. And when his parents showed up to graduation day, the only thing that they asked our senior drill instructor was, was the field trip good? I'm not even kidding. I was standing like right next to my senior drill instructor talking to my heavy hat when he, when he said that, when he translated for his parents and he goes, <laughs> he does, he does this face. Cause like we'd found out about this in like phase two. So like, right in the middle of training that he had told his parents that he was going on a three month long field trip. And when he, when, when my buddy Nguyen, when he asked that to our senior drill instructor, our senior drill instructor looks at him like this and he goes, it was good. It was a good field trip. Great field trip. And the parents are like, good, 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 good. Yeah. No, but that's fucking funny. Oh, it's hilarious. I love telling that story. But Ooh, excuse me. Bless you. Thank you. But yeah, for the evil dead fan theory, I could get how it's a, how it's a reference to fighting your personal demons and sobriety and all that fun stuff. Whereas if we're, if we're taking it into context, they just, they just took everything that happened to, to hippie Jesus in vain. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. No, yeah, no fucking hippie Jesus got super hippie fucked. <laughs> like, he really, he really oh, that man. And he survives all the way, like, towards the end and then fucking goes through, like, five or six deaths from people. I think it's, like, actually four, three or four. But, yeah, yeah no. Almost everyone dies before he actually dies, which is the funny yeah. part. And what cracked me up was, like, right right after he got shot with a nail gun, instead of it being, like, him pulling it out, I think he got knocked out. And then he, like, sits up as they, like, zoom in on his body. And he's you're like, how is he not dead? He's missing three fingers. He's been stabbed he, he's in the eye. It's like, how is he still alive? Man just cannot catch a break. He just like sits up and he's like, and you're like, you're still alive? How? And then comes back and he's like, we got to leave. And then gets fucked up all over again. You're like, man, can't win. This poor dude. But yeah, like I said, like with that whole thing, like it makes all that like in vain just to say it's me as withdrawal, you know, like because yeah. I don't I don't see how any other way it could be. I don't like that one personally. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't like that one. That one's got that one's really shoddy. I like, I mean, if you're thinking of it as like kind of a analogy towards dealing with rehabilitation and, and kicking a habit. Yeah. But if you're looking at it as that's all it was like, yeah, no, I can't agree with it on that one. Yeah, no. And then the last one I'm going to talk about, because a couple of these I don't I don't even want to touch because like there's the Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is really a, a woman thing. Like, I don't really see how that could be because me personally doesn't it, it doesn't make sense and then yeah the sean and ed accidentally run over a real person in sean of the dead i don't really yeah. i don't really see it those those two i don't really i don't really see how they could do that but the last one series creator Pelly, i hope i said that right made a deal with the demon from paranormal activity in what was one of the craziest fan theories ever redditor user the superb owl cometh jesus post post it Post posts, it's not posts. P O S T S. It's P O S I T S. Post it. Yeah. Post it. Post it. That the creator of the Paranormal Activity franchise, Oren Pelly, made a deal with the demon to from the movie in order to create one of the most profitable film series of all time. The redditor believes that the demon requires fear to grow stronger, and that Pelly offered the demon endless power by filming its misdeeds and showing them 
to millions of people, according to the user. Paley released the footage of the demon terrorizing four families under the guise of releasing, not realizing, releasing horror movies. That footage taken from real hauntings that the demon did has terrified millions of people around the world, making the demon immeasurably more powerful than it was before. I don't see that. Yeah, no, I, I guess the theory of it is the same thing that happened with Blair Witch years and years yeah. ago. Oh but, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, like, because I remember when everyone was like, before everyone could like really search up on films and whatnot. Yeah, uh, for Google. It was like, or, or yeah, as kids and teenagers were like, yeah, this shit was real, man. Look at how they oh, shot yeah. it. There's no way it can't be real. Like, there's there's two things that there's two things that I like. If if that was true, why would he stop making them? Number yeah. one. Number two. Why would there be like leaked footage of them shooting the thing and or not leaked food? Not 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 leaked footage. If you watch like I think it was a director's cut with like the special features on Blu-ray, it shows the dude in the green screen, like snagging them out of the bed, which I find hilarious, by the way, (laughs) they actually had, I forget the name of the couple. You had Mika and I forget the, I forget the lady. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I, Again, I, they're good movies for what they are for the most part, yeah. but like I don't really sink myself into them. Same. But for for the film, in order to get like the most real action, the director would actually have Mika and the girl, the, the lady lead role, actually fall asleep. And then you would have something happen. And nine times out of ten, it was a dude in a green screen and in like a green and a green screen outfit that was doing it. So that way they didn't have to worry about you know heavy editing and taking out and and getting rid of the shadows and stuff like that but they had him like hide in the back room and then like over a radio or something like that they would have him like be like okay now go you're asleep you're asleep do it now (laughs) so the scene where you see her get snagged out of the bed is all practical it's just some dude in a fucking green green screen outfit just kicking in the door and being like you and then climbing up into the uh, climbing up into the ceiling hanging out up there it was just easier to edit that way so that way they could cut the film before mika goes up into the attic to see if there's anything up there and have him come down and then go up there and look which i thought was hilarious when i found that out because if you think about it like you know how you know how messed up a director has to be to be like they're asleep attack them get them now get them now get them get why are you using a wiffle ball bat for real (laughs) I, i just i find that hilarious but yeah, that's like that's like my two things on that one. I don't I don't see that being a thing because if that were true, then Oren Pelly would be st- would still be making paranormal activity movies. Number one, number two, there wouldn't be proof that everything was shot in like what like eight. I think it was like eighteen days or something like that. I don't remember. I know just most of the movie was uh, the budget for that movie was for the camera, just like Saw. Most of it was for like cast and camera. <laughs> yeah, because I mean the actor the actors that they got were like no name actors and stuff like that. And then I think they had a crew of like 30 people. Can't remember, but yeah, it, it did great. It's still doing great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's still, it's still, it's still a good movie to watch. And when you're like, you know what? I want something to just kind of like spook me a little bit. 
make it a little hard to go to sleep tonight. Whereas like if that were the case, then there would then there wouldn't be just the six we got from it. I think there would still be more. Yeah. Because they because they tied the last one to the first one because they had the kid like fall through like go into a go into a door, fall through a portal or something like that, and then you end up in the house and you got attacked by the, the lady from the first movie. The one that the one that really got me was the I think it was the second one. Yeah, I think it was the second one where they were running through the house and they were getting chased by the by the lady from the first movie. And then they run outside and they see all the cultists and everything like that. Me I and my think that's the fourth or marked ones. I want to say that's the fourth one though. I think I think it is marked ones. I, I don't remember. But sorry. Same. Same. But yeah, whichever one that one was, like me and my best friend at the time, we were sitting next to each other in the movie theater, because why would you not sit next to your best friend in a movie theater? We were sitting there and like every time something happened, we would both like jump and scream at the same time. And it got to the point to where we were Scooby-Doo holding each other, like and then the movie just cut off and we're like what the fuck? <laughs> it was funny. Oh my god, I need to I need to call I need to call her and ask her about it because she could tell her side of the story way better than I can. But it was funny because when when we went to go see it, me and her uh, at the time, him, uh, me and her were sitting there watching a the movie, and when it got to that part, like nothing had really scared us up until the very end. Like there was a couple like shit and a couple like haha, that was kind of funny. Like prank somebody on that later moment, and then that happened, and then we were just basically like holding each other in the movie theater and the lights cut on and we're just like sitting there like what the fuck are you sorry i apologize <laughs> no you, you're no worries yeah it was mark once it was mark once Ooh, excuse me yeah that's what i thought thank you Oof. i had to think i had to think about it for a second i was like yeah it was mark once that was definitely the mark once but yeah those are i lost count those are some of the fa- uh, some of our favorite theories yeah. Yeah. Some good. I think, I think a lot of them were good. A couple of them could be more. If I had more details, I can get a better information for you on that. Yeah. I agree. Cause I mean, other than that, there was a few sound ones. There was a few that were kind of like, you know, and I can then see you it, have, but I can't see it. Yeah. And then there was come that there, there were come. There was some that was just like, no, no, not, not going to see that at all. But you know, if, you know, if Keith Urban ever acts in a, in a horror movie, I still can't believe that. I was taken so aback by that. <laughs> I told my wife about it and she was like, she was like, who's Carl Urban? I was like, and I showed her a picture of him. She was like, he's on that show. You watch the boys. I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, how did you mix him up with Keith Urban? I was like, skill. that was a skill right there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, Keith Urban, I think he'd be great in horror movies. And you were like, you mean Carl Urban? Yeah, I was like, Keith, Keith Urban. I was like, the country singer? Like, why would he fucking be in horror movies? <laughs> I was I was like, yeah, you know, Keith Urban. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I, I still find that fucking hilarious to this day. My hair is doing its own thing now because it's starting to dry out. Yeah, but, I was going to say, in that time, I didn't realize. Yeah, it was an hour and 40 minutes. I think this is probably one of our shorter episodes. Yeah. No, I think we have some that are like an hour and a half. Yeah, hour and a half or less. There were a few, I want to say. I can look at it. Yeah, I was going to pull that up right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, we passed 400 downloads on the podcast. Let's go. That's that doesn't seem like everybody, a, man. That's yeah. insane. Thank you, everyone. Like, like everyone. If if we haven't told you guys yet, thank you. Because yeah, 
Wait, thank you for allowing us to do this. We are at 444 all-time downloads. We have, in the last 30 days, we've had 47. That is awesome to see because I know we took our break and it was a little while and all that fun stuff. But like, I just, I love, I love seeing the numbers. Not as like, let me stroke my ego. It's just like, it's letting me know that people actually enjoy our ramblings, enjoy enjoy hanging out with us (laughs) and stuff like that. It, It just, man, it's just, it's nice. It's nice to me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic actually being able to hear from you guys as well. So I, I thank you from the both of us, like thank you from the bottom of our hearts for oh yeah putting up with us for more than anything. Yeah, because I mean between our between our train just our thought train just derailing and God everything everything in between like we were like I, I couldn't imagine you know having this podcast and just seeing that and seeing that number sit at zero and not getting feedback and not getting like hey what about this hey what about what about this movie or hey what about this and you know. <laughs> Yeah. And we still have to bring on other other guests and stuff like that. I need to do some research on some of the subjects that they want, Mm -hmm. though. So it's going to take a little bit on that one. But we definitely have some other of our friends and people we've met also that we wanted on the... Uh, the channel that would actually bring different insight to what just me and Jimmy have like mm-hmm. we did with Irish. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I enjoyed the episode with Irish because Irish kind of kept us focused. Yeah. <laughs> and, and on top of that, like it's as much as like me and Miz agree on a lot of stuff there and we disagree on very, very minimal things. Very yeah. Very few. I, I do enjoy the fact that like Miz's look and aspect on movies are different than mine because I look for the, the the twists and the the psychological aspect he listens for the sound and looks for the 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 practical aspect of all that where i like i like practical i don't look for it in every horror movie because i know that not every horror movie is going to be practical sadly unfortunately but it's like we focus on a lot of similarities but like your main focus and my main focus are on two different things like and a good portion of it for me though is like I am that typical horror person where it's like I want to see more blood gore and like how fucked up it can be in some ways agreed but I love listening for how well sound effects are because sound effect cues are always the biggest thing with any horror like speaking of like paranormal like before anything happens you can hear that like low rumble throughout every aspect before something happens it's small things like that that just makes me really really enjoy like horror movies more (laughs) and what's really funny is that I shouldn't say funny well no it could be funny is the fact that the note that they played for that rumble was a fight or flight response noise in 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 us humans that like it triggers that fight or flight response from us here like yeah so like that rumble when you hear it is like it's like it's supposed to it's it's designed to be that sound that sends a chill up your spine yeah yeah where you're like oh and i I like i feel right now i don't feel so good mr stark I yeah I do I do like the I do like the the fact that all horror has a psychological aspect to it like there's a lot of like psychology oh, yeah. and stuff like that that goes into it but I mean you have, do have your ones that are like just brain rot and horror but it still can be philosophical in some ways yeah I do I do like in, in a guilty pleasure of mine and one of Ms's guilty pleasures we've talked about this lots on and off camera is the campy horror films like the beat like the like the B horror films from way back in the day that you could find at Walmart in a little bargain bin at the very bottom that nobody wanted for like two bucks. Yep. Oh my God. Fucking I love 
especially right now, there's been a lot more like high quality, campy, great horror movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, like, honestly, like one of my favorite ones right now that's like so over the top right now is Meg 2. Like The Trenches is so fucking good if you haven't seen it. Like it is fucking perfect camp movie. I love it. <laughs> I gotta watch the Meg too. Still, I need to do that. I'm probably like gonna I said, you got like five, ten minutes of like top tier acting, and then it just divulges into like super corny B movie with a high budget. It's so good. I I I like I I like the first Meg just for the simple fact that it was like I have a fear of water. So when I saw how deep the water was, that that scared me just for the simple fact that I I legit have a panic attack when I see how deep the water is when I can't see the bottom and then to just see a giant mouth coming towards me. I was just like on top of that. But yeah, I I really enjoyed it and it was just it was great. And I cannot complain about the first one. So I, I'm hoping I from Mrs. Recommendation and what he said about it, I don't think I'm going to be able to complain about the second one either. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to quote unquote complain about, but if you're there just for a good time, perfect movie, perfect fucking movie. I, I, I try to go into every movie like that because I found that just enjoying the movie for what it is helps you to enjoy it. Unless it's just a really bad movie. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I, I unfortunately like analyze as much as I can on movies, but that's why I try to avoid trailers. But that's also yeah. why some movies just don't sound appealing to me because I haven't seen a trailer for it. Then I see the trailer. I'm like, I, I feel like I've seen the whole movie. I don't want to watch this now. <laughs> I hate movies like that. Horror, horror film directors, horror writers, and, and the people that like cut and edit the trailers and stuff like that. Give us the trailers that like give us a snippet of the film and not like the whole like and don't give away like any of the jump scare parts like i know you're supposed to but like that's where it's like my mind the way it works is when i watch a trailer Mm -hmm. as i'm watching the film the trailer's playing in my head like where is this part gonna happen how did they cut it up to make the trailer look like it's either this is towards the end or the beginning or whatever is happening as a movie to tell that like two minute trailer that they need to to hook you in to go see the movie or not and as i'm doing that i notice like a lot of the times it's like where some important shit happens is what they include in the trailer i'm like why you just gave away the movie (laughs) yeah and then i think i think a good movie trailer from recent years that would kind of equate out to one that i actually liked was the first insidious because it didn't show it didn't show too much it didn't show too little it showed and it didn't give away any plot points not until i think it was like third month in theaters second month third month in theaters it started like showing more and more in trailers but yeah, yeah, no, when it first got released and everything like that, it was like going in was like, what am I watching? Because uh, I think it came out like 2013, 2014. I think it was, an, I was, I was in the Marine Corps when it came out, but I don't remember exactly what year it came out. Shit. I want to say it was 2014. Maybe. Could have been. Because I went, I went to, uh, I went to the theaters. The same, the same best. This, oh no, first one was 2010. Holy shit. Chapter two was 20. 20- 13 and then three was 2015 last key was 2018 and red door was 2023 that's right because i watched the i watched the second one with the best friend that i watched the marked ones with actually me and me and the best friend that watched the marked ones together we watched all the paranormal activity movies except for the last one red door uh, yeah we watched we watched all of those we watched all of the insidiouses we watched insidious two together in the 
the theater and then we watched what else did we watch together I don't remember the last one but yeah it's I enjoyed the franchise there's I think it was like last key or chapter three I think it was last key was the one that I kind of had like 50 50 with but yeah um, I really really enjoyed the series still but that's also because I'm biased because Lee and Juan touched it so good old Nell and Juan I love both of them that's Juan W-A-N yeah so yeah if you if you're looking for any any, a good director that me and Miz can't speak highly enough anything that James Wan has touched because nine times out of ten if if James Wan is involved Lee Winnell is right there with him because there's a few things that they haven't done together but for the most part they're like they're best buds so like they're gonna be working together yeah like if if I if I went to the four uh, the four film the horror film Jesus my brain just said hey you know what let's switch to H&F but yeah if I went into the horror film industry i would bring miz with me just because it's like hey what are your thoughts on this and you'd be like oh yeah go practical yeah well I mean, it would work in some ways and it'd be more conversation heavy because we can actually have more control of that because like i said i love especially right now with a lot of horror movies either a taking risks or going back to the roots and trying to do more complex with simplicity in some ways like i use smile yeah. as a prime example it did not use like a lot of convoluted really out of there ideas it was like felt very real and that's what i really liked about it and that's where i always say like the more real it feels the more horrifying it is yeah and there was a lot that was very practical effects heavy oh yeah there's like i think a couple sections i could see exactly where the cg was but like other than those spots like i i cannot praise that movie especially towards like the end like oh my god like just the fucking face peel yeah i i can't I, I can go on that scene for days i love that scene if you if you go back a couple episodes you'll see where miz had the smile well actually no that was last season early last season yeah miz had the like uh four. i think so i had had the background I had the background for the face peel the, the yeah. end result but yeah no i absolutely fucking i gushed on that scene and scared my wife <laughs> and when i talked to some friends about it they're like yeah you, you get a little too enthusiastic with them like, i'm sorry it was just so good yeah and i it was the second episode it was it was the second episode so that was back in the when we were doing the horror versus yeah yeah so i will tag that video at the end of this one so yeah we're coming up on two hours. I think we set our piece on a lot of these theories and we set our piece yeah. about, about everything. I, I love the fact that we're, we made it to season two, episode 14. We got yeah. a little ways to go before we finish out season two and hopefully we can work out a work out a schedule that works best for Miz. Yeah, with work and everything like that, coming back, it's a little, little finicky, but definitely going to be coming back into everything and I'm super excited about it. Yeah, and I'm, I'm always excited to just hop on a call with Miz and talk or talk or just talk in general. We do that a lot. <laughs> we do. We, we do. Oh yeah. Big time. And it's always great because we have, we have fun in everything. I think I have some ideas for our next episode and we'll talk about it offline. So that way we don't give out any spoilers, but yeah. let us, let us know if you guys have any ideas or theories or stuff like that you want us to discuss and all that fun stuff. But for me, I will see you guys next time. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.